What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you listen to the 80s Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we're coming back with another Put You Up. This time is for DJ Quick's fourth album, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds right. Yeah, The Rhythmalism released November 24th, 1998. So that's about 23, 22. Uh, it will be 23 <laughs> years ago in November. Okay. Yeah. And um, there were thoughts about doing this album before. And just in general with Quick, mm -hmm. we've discussed the possibility of doing something with Quick. Because he's, he's too big of a name in hip-hop history for us to not really go in depth about um given that this podcast is what five years running for us to, to just now be talking about quick it's probably my bad that's love i i've also done like a salute me or shoot me where i said that like you know he made the sound of hip-hop in california um and well, we're gonna talk know, about that for sure yeah and that you know uh the difference kind of between uh, you know, in the same way that Fonte supposedly said that soul food was getting the the love that ATLians or should have gotten the love whatever. that ATLians got or whatever, I guess I kind of made a, a a similarly hyperbolic statement that you know, essentially the love that Dr. Dre gets for making the sound of the West Coast actually probably should be attributed to DJ Quick. So well, if it's not DJ Quick, perhaps even somebody else. Um, but I, I feel what you're saying because not only did I listen to this Rhythmalism album, but I also went back to listen to DJ Quick's first five albums. So okay, dope. Yeah, you got Quick as the name, Way Too Funky, Safe and Sound, and Rhythmalism. Plus, um, what was it balances and uh, balances and options? Yeah. Balances and options, yeah. Yep. Uh, and I, and I, I skimmed some of them, but nevertheless, I I got the sound, and we'll get into why I felt the need to listen to his early discography. But okay. nevertheless, if we're gonna talk about it, I mean, quick as the name yeah. that comes out January fifteenth, nineteen ninety one. Mm -hmm. The Chronic isn't released until what December nineteen ninety two. Precisely. So that's almost a full two years. Yeah. after quick is the name mm -hmm. and yeah i mean i feel like quick is the name has got that early cali sound now yeah. is he the first one to do it i mean i'm look i'm not that familiar with west coast hip-hop aside from the obvious right so we're going to talk about you know nwa dre right. snoop maybe some warren g and nate dog like i got it but like if we're going to get into the nitty-gritty like I don't even know Ice T's catalog. So the you know lore, I mean? the the lore on the on the West Coast, and you know, at least this is my perspective. Somebody might be able to correct me. Um, is that you know before before Quick is the name, which is his first studio release. You know, DJ Quick was like a a, a, a kind of a well known name, like like on the street, just w on, on mixtapes. Okay. And um and he had um he had some treetop mixtapes that he had dropped in like eighty seven or eighty eight, where he was the what, first what what mixtapes. He's from, um, and I'll talk about this a little bit later when we talk about, you know, kind of more about DJ Quick, but like he's from an area called uh, Treetop Piru, okay. which um, is like a blood neighborhood that is, you know, a bunch of different streets that are named after trees. Okay. So like um, he's from Str Spruce Street. YG is also from Spruce Street. Uh, Acacia, okay. Cedar, Elm. There's a, a group of different streets that are all named after got trees. It, got it, got it. And Tree so the, 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 I yeah, see so what the, they did there. That's clever. There no, you go. So TTP. He's from TTP. <laughs> um, and so he put out a, a you know a tape that was like all red and the whole nine. Um, and he was uh, supposedly the first person to like gangbang on 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 record. 
Uh, and so, you know, a lot of Now, what folks, year is this, you know? 87 or 88. I was going to say, it's got to be like, yeah. you know, okay, go ahead. So, uh, so, you know, I mean, while his first album dropped in 91, he even, you know, his kind of style, sound, um, and, and subject matter predate that 91 release. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's some good information because we're going to be talking about Quick and his potential, I guess, gangster or hood roots. Mm-hmm. Um when we talk about this album now i think it's funny that you say that and sorry to sorry to cut you off no, because because i think it's really really relevant not because not to this album but like everything else prior to this album so like okay. you know um and again we can talk about this more when we talk about the the setting the scene but like dj quick on this album like is surprisingly less gangster yeah. Uh, you know, the the subject matter, the way it's dressed, the way it's photographed, everything. He's very clearly trying to pivot away from the, all this gangster shit that we're talking about. Okay. So, and we can talk about that more when we talk about how he's also trying to him. pivot away from pussy. Is he? To the point where Stoop Dog has to come on and say, hey, we, you did a whole album without talking about the pussy. Given that when you go back through his other albums, more so than talking about gangster shit he's talking about pussy on those other albums facts and you know i think that's to to me that's the double click on why i think he's more the sound of of la and and more of a la dude in terms of like his subject matter than than uh dre is okay well let's start off with the where were you when this came out and yinka uh it was your recommendation for this put you up so where were you when the rhythmalism was released yeah, man. Uh, I was in California. This was, you know, this dropped just before I um, moved to the East Coast. So, you know, it was almost kind of a little bit of like a farewell for me, uh, you know, of like this dropped. I remember me and Ken, you know, kind of talking about it because just the way it was captured and everything was a pivot from kind of a lot of other things that were going on and were popular at the time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I moved right right after this drop. So um, my kind of where were you is I remember and Ken will probably laugh when he when he hears this episode. But uh, I'm at like a school dance. I, I, I want to say Ken was there, too. I'm in middle school, I think. Am I in middle school or in high school? I might be in high school. Uh, I'm a sophomore, so you're a freshman. Okay, so I'm a freshman. I so I, I'm I'm yeah. I'm this just is the fall on. of my sophomore year. So yeah, right. so tail end of your middle school. You're right, right, right. right. So I'm like it's my my freshman year, like beginning of of you know school. But so we had like DJs that would come up from the radio station to do like our school dances and stuff like that, right? So so some DJ came from the radio station, and I remember they threw out like. You know, they would throw out like prizes and things like that that people could catch in the crowd. So somebody threw a tape and I caught it. And the tape was this. It was the sampler of rhythmalism. And mm-hmm. uh, and it had like four songs on it, four or five songs on it. Um, and so that was kind of my introduction to the album, um, the record. I remember hearing it and liking it. And I remember then seeing the music video for Hand in Hand. Mm-hmm and the album cover of this and so these are relevant because the music video was 
you know, I, I kind of got it. It was like, oh, they're on some like player shit. You know, my man, you know, he's, I mean, at the time in the hand to hand video, he actually doesn't have the perm. He's got his right. hair braided. He's got right? his hair braided. Right? But, He's got the cornrows. But they're on we some player shit. That. I was doing it too. <laughs> I, I wasn't. But <laughs> they, uh, you know, they got they're on some player shit. They got the fly, you know, shirts. That there's like a like a little like bank robbery type things going on. It's him and the homies. Somebody's in a in a limo. You know, so it was it was cool. It, it kind of wasn't what everything was on, but it made sense in you know in the wake of what had happened with Biggie and Pac. Um, yeah. You know uh, that you know people seem to kind of be trying to pivot a- away a little bit from the the, the tough guy shit. Um, I remember Greatest Hits by Tupac came out that same year, and so I right. remember you know getting that around the same time. And then I remember going to after getting the tape, going maybe maybe I'll buy this, and then going to the record store to try to buy it and seeing Quick on the cover. You know, with his hair permed down, his chest open, you know what I'm saying? Bird chest exposed. And I remember being like, nah, I just I just couldn't do it. I couldn't bring myself. And I mean, you know, it's 20, it's 2021 now. Like, you know, things are a little different. But back then, I, you know, we were we were very definitely a little hyper masculine in our culture. So I, I, I just personally could not buy an album where that was the cover. But uh, but yeah, that's kind of the where I was when this joint dropped. Where were you? So I was a sophomore in high school, um, really into Wu-Tang, really into Wu-Tang. But at, at the same time, I'm just starting my journey into discovering like old school hip hop artists, like okay. early in those stages, right? So like okay. Rakim, I think I hadn't gotten into Biggie yet. Um, and I know he's not old school, but he was, you know, before I was really into hip hop. Um, I was starting to get into Rockham, I think in the fall, or excuse me, in the spring of 99, I think is when Roots, Things Fall Apart comes out. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like in that space to start listening to that music. I think the Black Star album is, I think that's released that fall of 98, right? Mm-hmm. We also got Equimini. So I'm kind of listening to those things. I don't really care about Jay-Z, even though I think Volume 2 came out that year. I didn't really care about that as much. I know it was big, but like I wasn't like listening to that record. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do remember about this album when it was released was I definitely re- remember the hand-to-hand video. Definitely remember that. I mean, it was like yeah. the, not the hook, but like the bridge leading up yeah. to the hook Okay, was so like, you know, first you get the money, uh, first you get oh, the power, yeah. then you get the money, then you get the pussy. Well, don't be no dummy. Like right. it was, it was very prominent. Each of the MCs on the track, they say it. And it also reminded me of the locks, money, power, respect. It okay. just it reminded me of that because I think right. I think little Kim's she starts off the track, she says, first you get the money, then mm. you get the power, then you get the respect, whatever, mm. right? Everybody was um, on a scar, you know, it's a scarface quote. Is that what it is? Yeah. So everybody was just basically quoting Scarface at that time. That must be like early Scarface then. No, no, no. The uh the movie Scarface. Oh, first yeah, you get the money. Yeah, that's oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, this, yeah. this is true. This is true. Man, I haven't seen that movie in like twenty years, yo. <laughs> I, know, I know. Twenty years. Because it's, it's not that good, and I'm a grown-ass man. Yeah, that's a whole nother Anyway, anyway, so I definitely re- remember that. But the other thing that I remember was, do you remember BET's Rap City? Mm-hmm. Right. Do you remember when they used to do, like, their verse of the week, lyric of the week? I didn't, no. So they used to do this. The, the okay. only two that I can really remember off the top of my head was, um, I was just talking about the roots, uh, things fall apart. Uh-huh. I think it's the next movement. 
one of Black Thought's verses. I might be the second one they okay. gave the the verse of the week to, the lyric of the week to. Okay. Right? But also, they gave it to DJ Quick for Rhythmalism, the actual intro. I re- I just remember. I I don't know. I just remember that. I just <laughs> definitely remember that. I was sitting. I was at home. Uh-huh. I was in my basement. I was watching Rap City. I was probably playing video games, mm-hmm. and I just remember seeing them like they're playing the song and they're actually showing the lyrics like okay. like in the scroll. That's wild. And I just remember that. I know it's some random fucking shit that I remember. It's not even the best verse on this album, which is why it's so weird to me. But probably not. But the reason why I say this is because I definitely <laughs> remember this album coming out. Right. Um. It's the thing for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think that at some point. I almost thought about buying this album and I just made the decision not to. And the funny thing is, when you talk about seeing DJ Quick's album with the with the with the perm hair mm-hmm. and the I don't know what that's a fucking silk shirt. I don't know what the fuck that is. Mm-hmm. He's got like the sunset in the background, whatever. <laughs> right? Like I think maybe there was something about that that it was just like, nah, that's not for me. Yep. I'm on some Wu Tang shit. Right. I want like Timberland boots. And exactly. wallabies. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that that just wasn't yeah. where I was. And so it's it's so interesting. Like one day we have to have a conversation about how wrapped up we were in image as well. <laughs> because like we we as you know, we both on two different coasts at two different times. We didn't know each other. We were very different in terms of like our tastes, what yeah. was going on around us, etc. But we both looked at this and we're like, visually, this is not what I'm interested in. Right. <laughs> so that's that's something funny to call out. When was uh, uh, Jermaine Dupri's, what's that album? It's like 1472? Mm-hmm. What's the, like the main album that he had? That was is the next year, 1999, Life in 1472 or 1492. That was in 99? That was 99, I think. Like if you think about that video that he did with Mariah Carey, mm-hmm. right? With like the blue-green palettes, mm-hmm. right? And you think about like this DJ Quick hand-in-hand video. And mm-hmm. then you even think about like, you know, Jay-Z's volume two or uh, can I get a fuck you? Like mm-hmm. that sound wasn't really doing it for me at the time. Okay. Like these were the things in hip hop that I didn't like. Now, that being said, I still grew up in this area era. I still listen to the radio. And yeah. so these songs have like a place in my heart. Like they kind of grew on me. Okay. Nevertheless, like the hand in hand video kind of fit right into the place of that. Mm, right. Okay. So whereas in contrast, if you're listening to something like the Black Star al- album, mm-hmm. right? Or you're listening to Things Fall Apart, like that's not in that lane. Yeah, not at all. And so I think that that hand-in-hand video was kind of like in the lane of hip-hop that I was like, yeah, like I'm not really I'm invested in this. That makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where I I was. And so I mm-hmm. thought about buying this album. And I think the I think the reason why I might have thought about it is off the strength of the BET Rap City uh, verse of the week for the yeah. rhythmalism, May- maybe. And I yeah. think I did kind of like the hand in hand. Like I thought it was catchy. Like it definitely got my yeah. attention. Yeah. Um, but I, for whatever reason, I just decided not to buy the album. Mm-hmm. And I think in listening to it, I might have been justified in that judgment, if you will. Mm. Um, it's not that I dislike the album, but um, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. We'll I'm gonna it. have some criticisms and thoughts about that, but but what's, we can talk about that when we get there. Uh, one other thing I remember, uh, and this is just a random funny anecdote, but like when um when Down 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 came out as a single in LA, 
my family was moving. I was moving to to the East Coast. And so like my folks basically because of the fact that we I think we I think our house was gone and we were just staying with family. You know, we had already like sold our house and we were we were moving to the East Coast. And so my folks would let me go stay with Kenny because they were like, yeah, you know, go spend some time with your friend before you move type of a deal. Right. And so Kenny would let me like crash like on the floor, you know what I'm saying? I'll just kick it. And uh, and down, down, down used to always come on. Like it would be the first, I don't know why, I don't know if it was a it was the label promo thing or what, but before we go to bed, like right before we go to sleep and when we wake up in the morning, down, down, down would always come on. And I remember it because that was the first time I ever heard Sugar Free. Okay. And like, I, you know, I, despite, you know, pimping be damned, like, I, I definitely have a soft spot in my heart for, for Sugar Free, uh, his music, him as a person, met him before, okay. great guy, uh, et, et cetera. But like, man, like me first hearing Sugar Free and who I was as a, as a, a rap fan and a rap critic and everything, he was like diametrically opposed to what I liked. And I remember being kind of hard-headed about DJ Quick. Like, I liked DJ Quick, and I didn't know why I liked him. And and Ken Dog would be like, yo, nah, this, this DJ Quick is cool. And I'd be like, he can't rap. He fucking sucks at rapping. And I, This I, is Quick or Sugar quick. Free? And okay. then when, when I heard Sugar Free, I was like, this motherfucker's not even on the beat. Like, what is yeah. he doing? So, you know, it was definitely, like, an acquired taste for me vocally. And I remember that because Ken, like, heard it. He heard it the way I hear it now, but when he first heard it. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Okay. Well, before we get into the critical reception of this album, I want to know why you chose this album in particular yeah. for us to discuss. Yeah, I think that one, I think that this is a, a, a fairly memorable time in my life, you know, being that I was moving and et cetera. It was my entry point to DJ Quick because I I, I, okay. I didn't really know his catalog before this this project. And I think I remember when you and I spoke about it, you also had personal anecdotes around this time. I did. Like the I, did. I, I shared some of them, yeah. Right, right. So I think I think that, that those were the reasons why we chose this album. Okay. Well, what was the critical reception that you can recall? <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I think we were too young to, like, to, like, be, like, breaking down albums like that, maybe. Because, okay. you know, my, my recalling of this was, like, like I said, uh, Tupac Greatest Hits came out at the same time. And I remember Tupac Greatest Hits and this were like the two albums on the West Coast that everybody was talking about, like in school. I can see that. But it wasn't like, it wasn't like a, oh, you know, did you hear track five? It was just like a, oh yeah, that DJ Quick, yeah, that shit, that shit rides. Mm, like, like you know, it was that. just, oh, this is cool. All right, cool. Like th that, you know, nobody said anything bad about it. It was all positive. How about you? Wouldn't that exhibit 40 Days, 40 Nights come out? 98 as well. Is that August? That sounds right. Interesting. So people weren't talking about that album? Oh, they they definitely were. They definitely okay. were. And and you know, what you see is what you get was was a was a summer release. This yeah, is a winter was. release, right? That's so fair. so we okay. talked about I remember coming to, to high school, you know, as a freshman, what you see is what you get was was playing every morning on the bus coming in. Mm, but but okay. you know, now we're a few months removed away from that and we're closer to like, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas time when this drops. Okay. Well, Look, I don't have any critical reception. Mm -hmm. This is not an album that any of my friends really talked about. Makes sense. Um, I think the reason why I kind of knew DJ Quick's name was because of the Tony, Tony, Tony single. Mm -hmm. um, let's get down, right? Yeah. 
When was that actually released? I should have looked that up before. I want to say that was '97. Okay. It might. It might have even been '98. But it was. It was. It was in the same it time was before frame this, of, though, right? of quick. I think so. Man, that was a huge fucking sing single. That shit was and amazing. Quick did the beat, and Quick is yeah. on. He's okay. featured on the track as a vocalist. 1996 House of Music. I, 1996? Are you serious? Yes, sir. It must have been late 96. October 28th, 1996. Okay, all right. All right. Yeah, because it was, that was a hit all of 97. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so this album is kind of coming on the tail end of that for me, mm -hmm. because I had not heard a quick, you know, I don't know about Quick's early catalog. Mm -hmm. um, I'm on the East Coast. I'm in the Mid-Atlantic. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. We listen to Go-Go, like, after 9, 9 p.m. So I don't. Like that's just we're we're very much like in our own little bag there. Right. Um so yeah, I, I definitely knew who Quick was. Um Quick had enough of a resume for me to to warrant interest. Um because when this album comes out, I definitely know who he is. And I'm kind of paying attention to things, but mm -hmm. you know, just for whatever reason I didn't necessarily feel like buying the album. And so, yeah, you know, I, I I listen to it now, you know, 22, 23 years later, mm -hmm. and I kind of feel justified in that opinion. That being said, though, because I know you were going to want to unpack that, <laughs> um, I figured that that was a, an unfair assessment of mine, which is why I went back to go listen to his earlier albums. Okay. And, and I'm glad I did because Quick makes so much more sense to me now after listening to some of that music right. than just listening to this album on its own, void of any other context. Yeah, man, I think this album is all about context. And, you know, I'm glad that you said that, like, you know, and for folks that haven't heard this or and even for you, maybe like you may not be aware, like to set the context, his last album came out in 95. Right. And then, and then right. he, he doesn't sound he doesn't drop another one until 98. Um, and if you listen to Safe and Sound, which you did, mm -hmm. there's a whole lot of banging on there. There's a whole lot of tough talking on there, uh, particularly about MC8. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, yeah. I think you're aware of the big, the big beef and rivalry between him and. MC. Well, they discuss it here for sure. He right. Discusses it on Use a Gangsta. Right. But if you notice, Use a Gangsta is the only record that he he talks even remotely tough. And on right. there, he's actually saying, "I'm not tough." And the yeah. whole rest of the project, he's intentionally trying to not be tough. Right. And so you know, um, the 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 whole situation that he explains here, right, is. He's he's banging on 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 MC8. He makes one of the greatest, you know, if, at least if you ask folks that around me, one of the greatest, you know, disc records, you know, what I'm saying you know, on the last the last project, um, with the you you left out the G because the G ain't in you, you know what I'm saying? Um, it, this becomes like this big, you know, beef to a point where it escalates, and you know, it, it goes left. Somebody dies, you know, in in in, in a kind of the melee of, of of a concert and so that person died there's lawsuits and things like that going on around that that tragic you know death of that individual um and then you know because of the fact that the person was from a crypt set that wasn't even the same crypt set as mc8 then people are tripping like just you know tangentially right because there's a death that that's that has to do with like this kind of gang related death um, and then at the top of this year, I think it was in January, DJ Quick's uh, assistant, childhood friend, whatever, top dog, uh, is killed by his his nephew. So like, I think 
I think, you know, DJ Quick, who's a decidedly, you know, early pioneer of gangster rap, is decidedly not gangster on this album. Mm-hmm. And so as a result of that, like the subject matter has transitioned a little bit. And it and this album is a bit of a transition for an artist that kind of had a sound and a style and an identity prior to this album. And I think context is really, really important when you discuss this album. So when I was considering context, I wasn't even talking about subject matter. For me, it was okay. more just sound gotcha, and gotcha. his vocal delivery, if you will. But mm-hmm. I appreciate your thoughts on that because a lot of that does kind of make sense. Yeah. Um, so let's just start off with the uh, highlights and lowlights. I don't know. What do you want to do? Let's do highlights. Let's do highlights. Yeah, okay. I I I, I want to be positive about this because right. I I feel like I understand why you want to be critical about this album, and there's things to be critical about. Well, I don't mind this album. I mm-hmm. let me just say that this okay. isn't for me. Okay, but I there's no song. Just real quick, there's no songs that are that are a low light for me. Oh, okay. That being wow. said, I do have overarching lowlights on the okay. album. And I only have maybe three and a half highlight highlighted songs. Okay. So it's not an album that I really dug, mm-hmm. but um, I tried to give it a fair chance. And I think yeah. that I really needed to go back to listen to his earlier projects to kind yeah. of understand quick. So one That's fair. for this this album and for mm-hmm. this episode, but also just mm-hmm. out of respect for quick because he is right. a name that I respect. Yep. So overarching highlights is just you know. DJ Quick as a as an orchestrator, okay. um, you know. I mean, I just I just enjoy him in terms of you know as a programmer. You can tell he's a DJ. Like mm-hmm. you know, he's he's quite clearly like programmed this in such a way that it's almost like he expects this to be a live performance, and you know he wants to pace the show. Like it's almost like a show in and of itself. Okay. So um so that. I would say early sequencing, you know, I love my runs um, Mm -hmm. and I can go track for track when I do. But like, you know, from one to six, like I I like that run. Okay. so um, so that um, I would say and this is funny because I I I, I don't always do this. But in this time frame, I actually really liked Peter Guns and I I thought Peter Guns was was a good was a good guest here. Despite the Um, fact that he's repeating some of his lyrics. I don't even remember what he said. Um, uh, see me playing Averex and the Pepe. Pepe's. No shirt on. Your girl no sweat me. me. And, and I'm, I'm hated if, if she let me. me. Yeah, he definitely said that in the, uh, was it the Uptown, the other joint? The, his main hit. He definitely he, has that. Yeah. I don't think he said that in. in uh, yeah, he does. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He says uh, it before. I know. I I know those lyrics. I think. I think. I think what you know it from is a Funkmaster Flex freestyle that just wasn't a freestyle. I think that okay, this. Fine. I Maybe think this predates. Maybe that's yeah. what it was. I think all this right, predates right. the Funk Master Flex performance, and and so this okay. is yeah. That's probably fair. Yeah. All right. it's, it's, I know I heard those those bars before. Right. Uh, um, El DeBarge, man. Uh, yeah. it, it's very very clear that El DeBarge is 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 instrumental to the sound that we get here, mm-hmm. and so um, damn he uh, to me he killed hand in hand. Um and just he's my number one highlight on this album. Yeah. Album. Oh, he's 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 just so good on here. Yeah. Um, just period. Um, and then I'll say not performance wise, but influence wise, sugar free. Okay. I feel like this album has sugar free written all over it. And I feel like if you look at the quick chronology, right? Like DJ Quick is super gangster, tragedy happens. 
He doesn't release an album for three years. Two years into that three years, he puts an album together for Sugar Free. So he must have met Sugar Free maybe in like late 96, early 97, something like that. He dropped Street Gospel for 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 uh, uh, Sugar Free in 97. That's all pimped out. And then 98 is a pimp album. Okay. So like I feel like Sugar Free ha has his fingerprints on this album, and so that's why I, I I put him as a highlight. Well, you you know more about Sugar Free than I do. I didn't find him compelling enough to actually dig into his catalog. So I know that he's featured on here. He didn't really do anything for me. But I love yeah, Street Gospel. Um, and I agree, okay. his performance on this album is not anything that like like I don't think that he rapped well on here. But, um, you know, I, I love him. I love Mossberg. Mossberg's also on this album, and I don't need him necessarily, but I love Mossberg. So. Okay. Um, and then my last kind of, like, overarching highlight person is Snoop, right? Like, and, okay. and I, I feel like, and, you know, we can talk about this more when we talk about lowlights, but, like, I feel like there's not that many very commanding vocal performances on 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 this album and and on a lot of a lot of quick stuff like i'm not a huge fan of most of his collaborators as as rappers like just as orators <laughs> and and when snoop dogg comes on medley for a v yeah. it's almost like you know the kids are playing and then like the teacher comes in and is like all right guys everybody stop and then like it, it becomes serious like right. Snoop is like so much more polished as a vocal performer than most of the vocal performers on here that he's very clearly himself on that record. And, and that's why I, I think he's he's, you know, the man. He's a highlight for me. Any anything I missed? The only highlight for me is second to none. And not because I think they're good. Wow. Because they don't impress okay. me yeah. at all. Me but they're not terrible either. Okay. Like if if they suck then DJ Quick also says, <laughs> right? So they're not they're not terrible. Well, but the reason why they're a highlight is because okay. they're all over this, and it adds to a cohesiveness of a sound okay. of a project, which to me, I like. Mm. I like. Like okay. it's just, it's one of the reasons why I like all those early Wu Tang projects mm -hmm. is because okay, fine, you may not like you God, but like he's a Wu Tang member and he's on Raekwon's yeah. album. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? He's on Ghostface album. Like, yeah. that's cool for me. And that's kind of how I feel about the second to none because they're mm. all over this album. And it just adds to like a sound, yeah. which I like. Do I think that they're good? No, I don't think they suck. And I think the first time I listened to this, I was like, man, these guys suck. And then <laughs> I listened to it again. So let me just say this right quick, right? Okay. I listened to this album and I told you, I texted you. I was like, yeah, this shit is not for me. Uh -huh. And you were like, all right, all right, whatever. We'll, we'll talk. We'll discuss it. We'll discuss it. And I, I went back to listen to this the second time with the understanding that it was not for me. Right. Okay. So it was like, I don't have to like this. I can just listen to it. Mm -hmm. And in that context, I was able to actually like be like, OK, well, you know, second yeah. to none, they don't have to impress me. Mm -hmm. So given that they don't have to impress me. Yeah. How does this sound? It's yep, like, all right, exactly. it works. You know what I mean? So like it it worked. Yeah. Um. So that to me is is a highlight. Yeah. And and I will say that I I, I like that you said that because I want to piggyback on that. Um, I think a highlight is that this album and many of DJ Quick's works taught me something about music. Um. I think you know DJ Quick forced me to take my hip hop hat off, and I think a lot of times like we as like hip hop fans 
we put like a hip hop hat on where we where we want to judge things very specifically in a hip hop box. And DJ Quick's approach to hip hop is that it's music and like that it's not hip hop. And like a lot of his albums almost sound more like a smooth jazz album than it does like a like a hip hop album. Um, and so, you know, I, I think like that's almost a highlight because it challenged me as a listener in a way that mm-hmm. I don't know that I had been challenged before. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So should we get into the uh, track for track highlights? Let's do it. All right. So I have a, a half of a highlight, right? <laughs> okay. And that is, this, this song is almost a highlight. Um, and that is thinking about you. Huh. Um, the okay. reason why this is almost a highlight is because first of all musically i think the song is excellent Mm -hmm. but one of my criticisms about this album comes with quick and that is i think generally speaking i'll get into this more in in detail when we discuss low lights Mm -hmm. but quick is very uninteresting on this album he's very very uninteresting fair and i think he's still being uninteresting on the song like i don't think he's actually a good vocalist on this record Mm -hmm. nevertheless like I like this song musically, and I actually think that like the way he contorts his voice or his approach to the vocal on this track is better than it is elsewhere on the album. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I just think he, yeah, I just think the way he approaches the song, it just sounds better. And so it's like, look, I understand you, you got your little love story here. I, yeah. I don't really care about it. Nevertheless, like, it's cool. So it's almost a highlight for me, almost, okay. right? My first actual highlight comes from the very next track, which is L's interlude, mm-hmm. right? Um, look, this is the closest we get to him doing his little DJ Quick's groove. Um, I don't yep. think we actually get an official groove we on don't, this record. Unfortunately. Um, the closest thing you could get to that would be like the reprise at, at the outro. Mm-hmm. Um, nevertheless, though, I think that this will count. We'll, we'll count this as as his groove right. because it, it is a groovy track and you got Elder Bars doing great Elder yep. Bars things. Yep. He's a highlight on this album. For sure. He's great on this track. Yeah. And like, this is the first time for real, for real, where this album actually gets interesting to me. I'm like, all right, like this is good. Like I, I dig this. That's the first time get, the album got yes, interesting to you? Yes. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Yes. That's right? track 12 of a 16. Yes. Track album, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Right. So then the very next highlight is, again, the next track, um, the medley for V. Medley for V, medley for Vagina, medley for Pussy. You've got Snoop on here. He's doing great Snoop Dogg things. Again, Elder Bars is on this. Um, my only question about this track is why there's an entire verse in reverse. I think that that's gimmicky, and I think it's dumb. It didn't age well, and it was shit was whack. The, that being said, though, this song is awesome. You talked about it a little bit when you talk yeah. about Snoop being your highlight. He's on this track. Really, really good song. The answer is they were drunk and high and they didn't remember that they made the song. It was, uh, I think it was, a, no, it was a Nate Dogg session for Nate Dogg's solo album. Um, they were all so drunk and high that they forgot they recorded it, supposedly. And then they went back and were listening to the tape of the songs for Nate Dogg's album. And they were like, oh, shit, I didn't realize we recorded this. And then... DJ Quick took it and put it on his album. Okay. Uh, cool. <laughs> I like the story. Uh, <laughs> it's not good on the track. Nevertheless, like it doesn't ruin the song for me. It's just kind of like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have uh, the very next track. Again, so this is my run. 
uh, tracks 11 through 14. It's my only run on the album. Uh, the uh, Bomb Bud 2. You uh, like that song? Yes. I love this track. Oh, okay. Yes. Because he's doing something different. Um, I understand he doesn't do Patois well. Like his accent isn't very good. This is not the first time he's done this. He did this on his first two albums in particular. He does. Um, but nevertheless, like, I think this shit sounds good. It sounds mm. interesting. It's cool. Like the other songs on here are not interesting to me at all. And they don't yeah. sound bad. They're not bad songs. I just didn't care about them. But these were the records that I cared about. And it, and you can also include the reprise with that as well, because it's basically mm -hmm. just, you know, it's an outro, but it's basically just the, you know, the, the, the instrumental for the Medley 4V um, with some little, you know, some little added, you know, instrumentation on there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's, that's it for my individual highlights. That's Look, I, I'm telling you, this album, it's, it's not for me, but I, I think that I gave it a very, very fair chance. That's interesting. Cause I feel like you only liking bomb bud too tells me that like you just wanted DJ quick to like not be DJ quick. And if he was going to be DJ quick, you didn't like it. Right. Because like spoiler that's literally alert. the only record on there where he's not being himself. And he's like, spoiler alert. Yeah. As a vocalist, he's my number one low light out on this album. Okay. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. So uh, my highlights are the first uh, six tracks. Okay. Uh, the intro is fine. I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't love the intro. It's, it's okay. Um, I, I, I see how he was kind of trying to set things up, which is why it's so odd to me that like they would make that a, like a verse of anything. Cause like, I, I don't think, I don't think that's like, he's saying anything that, that matters really like that. It's so interesting. This intro, because I kind of like it. Yeah, it's cute. That being said, you know, he, he gives us a disclaimer. They're like, oh, we're going to do something different. Mm -hmm. But it's so different from the rest of the album that it's kind of like, all right, this is not a good intro. Mm. Like, I, it doesn't sound like anything else he did on here, which yeah. is cool if everything else was all over the place. But it's not. Like, everything else is, like, kind of, like, in its own, like, same lane. I feel like this this intro is a precursor to the intro balances and options. And if that's you've heard fair. balances yes, and options, yes. right? It's almost like he, this is what, that's what he wanted to do, but then he did, it's not nearly as effective as it is on balances and options. Like balances mm -hmm. and options, the intro is called change the game. If you haven't heard it, check it out. But he's like, he's like, look, we're going to do some shit. That's really different. And then he does some shit. That's really different. And you're like, Oh, cool. And, and the song is called change the game. He's like, we're going to change the game. Did he change the game? That's a whole di different conversation. But you know, I think that's what he tried to do here. And then, like you said, like the 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 production itself on the first song doesn't really match everything else here. Mm -hmm. And I don't know necessarily that he really changed everything. Gotcha. But um, so I mean, I don't I don't care for for track one, but I don't I don't not care for it either. It's fine because it fits in the run. Um, but two through six, you know, I love. Um, you know, I feel like sometimes pacing it matters and i feel like sometimes on albums you can come out of the gate so hot with like the first song or the first couple songs that like you can't catch up to it and i feel like that happens a lot on a lot of albums and so i thought we still party before so many ways before hand in hand was like a really good balance because it crescendoed like it we still party is it's cool. I, I heard I came out the gate. I was like, oh, okay. Like I really like the 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 sung hook. It's like, oh, it's a party. Cool, great. 
And then I hear so many ways, and I'm like, oh, yo, this shit is, this shit rocks. Okay. And then I hear hand in hand, and I'm like, oh, shit. And then, and then I hear down, down, down. Down, down, down now will not be able to, if you're hearing down, down, down for the first time now, which I, maybe you are, I don't know. You're not going to respect Down, Down, Down for what it is. In 1998, when we heard Down, 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 there was no other song that was 110 beats per minute. Not one. So for people to be rapping that fast, that many people rapping that fast at the time, there just weren't songs on the radio that sounded like that. That was the only song that sounded like that on the radio. When did Eminem's Slim Shady LP come out? Like a, after? Like what? Slim Shady LP came out in 98, right? Or okay, did it come sure. out in 99? 99? 99. 99. Okay. Okay. The reason why I bring... Oh, you know what? I think it was 99. Uh -huh. Yeah, the reason why I bring that up is because Down, Down, Down sounds like those those tracks on both the, the Slim Shady LP and no. the Eminem Those LP. songs sound like Down, Down, Down. There that's was fair, nothing fair, like fair, that's that. Fair, that's fair. That's, <laughs> okay. fair. that's fair. Yeah. Um, but Those I songs remember are so us bad. being kind of... Exactly. Yeah, and I hear this song and I'm like, eh, yeah, it's not really doing it for me. Down, 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 like the just the, ding, 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 ding. it just like I, I feel you. Like it's almost like a, it's almost like a cartoonish groove. Yeah, there was nothing that sounded like that at the time, and I will never forget because you know also you know well there was nothing hip hop. There were there were R and B dance tracks that sounded sure. like that. Okay. There was nothing on the radio in a, in a hip hop era where where every album was going platinum. There was nothing on the radio in in the hip hop genre that sounded okay. like this. Okay. Um, and you know, DJ Quick and AMG are very similar in terms of their they, they both have high pitched voices. They both don't rap great, and they both just talk about these like sex stories that are like, "Hey, baby, you want to have sex with me? Cool. All right, whatever, whatever. That's fine." But Mossberg is like the bar spitter of this crew at the time. Rest in peace, Mossberg. So like, you know, you get this Mossberg chauvinism, which is, is really kind of clever. And then you have this, this sugar-free verse where he's like, I will never forget. I will never forget bringing a tape over to Kenny's house. Be like, yo, you got to hear this shit. This nigga said, bitch, jump in the air, stay there until I tell you to come down. And when you do, you shut the fuck up. And I just There's remember a lot of misogyny on this record for sure. <laughs> oh hell yeah! But I just remember that because, like, you know, later I would live in Pomona, which is where Sugar Free is from, which is one of the pimping capitals of the United States of America. You know, on Arian Holt. Shout out to everybody who lives out there. I'm sorry, but um, man, like, like quick. It, I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Sugar Free is is Pomona, and that whole sentiment of that sugar-free verse is just like it just oozes pimping mm, okay um and so man i i i just you know i love the creativity and the 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 experimentation of this record like the the whole album actually even bomb bud i don't like bomb bud i think it's i think it's bad i think if i were to make an afrobeat record as a nigerian guy if I were to make an Afrobeat record where I tried to emulate a Nigerian accent and I don't have one and I try to make a whole song in that accent and affect and people killed me for it, I would think that they'd be rightfully so. Like, I'd be like, okay, you know, this isn't my accent. 
I'm kind of emulating something. And if you have a problem with me feeling that way, then that's cool. So I've never been a fan of the Bombud series of, of DJ Quick Records. I don't mm-hmm. like the whole, oh, he's trying to speak Patois on his records. I understand that he likes to smoke weed. But at the same time, on the other side of the coin, while I don't like any of those records, I really, really respect the the, the experimentation of DJ Quick. And mm-hmm. I feel like Down, Down, Down is another example of that. I feel like DJ okay. Quick gives you the, even L's interlude. Nobody was making records like that in 1998. Yeah. And so, like, he was somebody who was like, look, I'm not a rapper. I'm a musician. And I'm going to sit here in the studio and I'm going to experiment. And, and anything that feels good, that's what I'm going to put out. And I really, really respect him for that. I think that's a fair point. Um, I hadn't considered... The idea that nobody was making records like down 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 before in hip-hop mm-hmm. and that might be a fair point i don't have a challenge to that even speed yeah but he sounds bad as shit on speed like he sounds yeah. awful on speed i don't well, i wouldn't say he sounds awful no, but i don't i don't bad. i don't like that song I, the only thing i like about that song is actually the earth wind and fire sample i think the earth and fire, fire sample is dope and i think you know the other thing that you have to give him credit for is that he produces his own music so like yeah like a record like speed where i don't like what he's rapping about or or whatever like that record is still dope like the fact that he put that earth wind and fire sample together in that way is really dope and i think use a gangster is the, is the crown jewel so let me go back to my highlights before you tell me about how shitty the album is <laughs> use a gangster i think is a really 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 dope album and i think it's kind of the crown jewel and centerpiece of this album i think when you look at him in the blue shirt and the pink and the and the long hair and the whole nine, it doesn't make sense until you hear you use a gangster. And then you're like, okay, I get it. Like you're somebody who is a gangster who, you know, has had these gangster experiences and you're trying to rebrand yourself and let us know that you're trying to move away from this. And I think that record just does a really, really good job of explaining that and exp- like like level setting what this album is supposed to be about. So that's the end of my highlight run. I have a couple more highlights, but go ahead and go say ahead. what would. No, go go into the rest of your highlights. Okay. Uh, you already said L's interlude. You already said medley for a V. I just want to double down on medley for a V, um, and the reprise. I feel like you know medley for a V, even though it's sophomoric misogyny at its finest. Um, you know it's almost just like a. A bunch of homeboys getting together just being fucking stupid and it, it sounds good. Yeah. Um, it does sound good. And I like and it. I enjoy that. And then the reprise for Medley for a V, I love that because you're only gonna get that from DJ Quick. Mm-hmm. And that's almost is the the um you mentioned L's interlude as the the quick's groove, but maybe reprise is actually the quick's groove, right? Yeah, like, maybe. like that's the record where on every and this is something I love about Quick, on every quick record you have like a record that just has no vocals and it's just its own like jazz track. And I, I mm-hmm. like that, you know, he like he liked that groove, so he allowed a guitarist to come in and just kill that groove and then he put it on his album. Like I really love that. Okay. So anyway. So, I guess we should get into lowlights then. Okay. So, all right, I'll, I'll start off with the lowlights. Mm-hmm. And first of all, I just have to say that there's no song on here that's a lowlight for me. Okay. There's no song on here that I think is bad, mm-hmm. um, which I think is like a first for an album that we that we haven't done a tribute to, for me. Anyway. Okay. Um, but I have to say, Quick as a vocalist mm-hmm. is not good. 
1998. He's he's not. Here's a question. Do you think do you think Easy E is a bad vocalist? Yes and no. I think that for what Dre did with him when they were coming out with his early EP and with Straight Outta Compton, mm-hmm. I think it works. Mm-hmm. But I think that Easy E, had he not died, is somebody who would have had to have figured out how to grow with the times. Mm-hmm. Right now, I will say his voice and presence is actually quite compelling. Okay. So and you don't he think might Quicks, have had a chance to do that. And you don't no, think no, voice no. Is and this is why I wanted to go okay. back and listen to his early catalog. Okay. Because when I listen to um, Quick as a Name and um, way too funky. Mm-hmm. He sounds good because I think he sounds well good in that time, okay. right? Um, like I think that what he's doing musically on those albums with his vocals, like it worked. Like I went back and I and I listened to those albums and mm-hmm. I only listened to them once each. Mm-hmm. But I I enjoyed mostly what I heard. Okay, right? And I think that in 1998, he just didn't grow well with the times. And I think that like this is actually kind of one of my my criticisms of Rakim. That Rakim okay. was so good as as an MC mm-hmm. in 1987 through 1991 that when he comes back in like 1997, he's good, but he's not like amazing. Like I don't think his style really progressed well through the the, the ages. Whereas I think okay. KRS One, when KRS One is still rapping in 1998 and 1999, he's like mm-hmm. nah, like he's still setting trends for the underground MCs. Same thing with Cool G Rap. Like you're like, you know, a raucous, you know, MC coming up with something that's like, oh, you get you get KRS one and you get Big Daddy, uh, not Big Daddy Kane, you get Kooji Rap on the record. You're like, yo, I'm good. Like these guys are gonna hold it down for me. I think that they grew well throughout the ages. Okay. Right. You know, I don't think the Rock Kim did, and it's the same thing for Quick, right? Like if you can if you can contrast Quick with Snoop, Snoop was able to like Snoop can come out with a record now and still be good. Maybe not as good as he was maybe like 20 years ago but like we first hear about snoop in 1992 he's still making some of his best records into the late 90s and early 2000s you can't compare snoop with anybody that's fine that's fine but that's my point though i there was something about it that i was like man i i think i need to go back and listen to these early quick records Mm -hmm. and when i listen to that i understand it I think that he actually sounds good at the time in 91 and 92. I think he sounds fine. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he adjusted well to what what MCs were doing in 1998. And the reason okay. why that's that matters is because as good as he is as a producer, mm-hmm. I don't think he's particularly innovative on this record. He's way more innovative on balance and options. He's way more interesting on balance and options. Yes, mm-hmm. he's giving you kind of like this cool, jazzy, groove sound, which maybe hip-hop didn't really have at the time. Maybe. Yep. Debatable. You could you could say maybe Eric Sherman was doing some things. Um, no. Uh, fine, fine, In 1998? Fine. fine. Nevertheless, okay. though, like, there's other genres of music that do it better. Like, he didn't necessarily do anything innovative for music. All he did was just translate that to hip-hop. But the problem is, is that his vocal performance is so limited that I don't really care. Mm. Like if he took that sound and he sounded good on it, then I'd be like, yo, like this is dope. He sounds not good 
1998. He just doesn't sound good anywhere on this record. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned the song Speed. That's a really interesting beat. It's a really mm -hmm. good idea for a song. Yeah. He sounds bad on it. Like just bad. Like he's, he's not Cujo levels of bad, mm -hmm. but he's just like, yo, you're not impressive to me. You're not compelling. You're not interesting. I agree. Even on Use a Gangsta. Use a Gangsta is like, all right, I appreciate the sentiment of the song. But you sound like somebody who I don't care what you have to say because you just sound bad in 1998. Um, mm. And that's my main criticism here, yeah. that I don't necessarily think this is for me. And I think that he's someone that I, I'm very interested in two things. One, how would I feel about this album if, one, I, I listened to it back in the day, back in 1998, when I thought about buying the album. I wonder if had I listened to the album at a time when I'm buying music, therefore I want to actually like the songs. I would have allowed some of these songs that you highlighted to grow on me more. If I, you know, and then I go back and I listen to it, and I'm like, yo, the, these songs are so good, right? Because they grew on me because because I allowed them to. Or I also want want to know, like, if I was a fan of Quick from the early '90s, and then I listened to this album, what would my thoughts be on it? Because I think he demands that respect and give him. Mm. The other projects that I listen to from Quick, he does deserve that respect. I don't dislike this album. I'm not even overly critical of it. Like I said, I have there's no songs on here that are a low light for me. I'm just not impressed or intrigued by him as a vocal performer, and it's not necessarily for me. And so I think the songs that I picked that I highlighted were songs that were just were interesting. You know what I mean? Like, okay, you don't like Bum Bud, um, and I get it because he doesn't necessarily sound good, but like. I don't know. There's something about that song that just kind of gets me. I just, I just like it. Mm -hmm. It's like I like it. It's different. I definitely haven't heard anything like that at the time, and even now, like I don't really hear songs like that. And I just, I just like it. So, mm -hmm. you know, the the interesting quick because you know, I, and I don't know every single song on on Balance and Options, but I was definitely listening to a few songs on Balance and Options, and I'm like, yo, like this shit is kind of like this is kind of dope, like. I don't know. It's I'd, I had I'd have to go back and actually because I I forget some of the, the names of the records. But yeah, um, that's fair. I think Balance and Options is is probably his best album or the, the okay. album that people talk about as his best album. Yeah. Um. But you know, we talked about DJ. I mean, we talked about Jay Z and we talked about like Jay Z's best album and Jay Z's most important album weren't necessarily the same album, right? Um, and okay. I think that just in terms of the canon of of DJ Quick, like this is an important album. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I could disagree with you more about, you know, an album just in general, like okay. just like what songs are good versus what songs aren't good, what right, constitutes right, 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 right. a good performance versus what doesn't constitute. Like, I just completely disagree with everything that you said pretty much. But um, but I will say that um, I do agree that DJ Quick as a as like as an, an orator, as a, someone who's telling me his story. A lot of the records that he's just telling a story just like feel very pedestrian like the like you know hit on speed on even thinking about you which you, you mm -hmm. talked about exactly. like, I, yeah. I feel like it's just such a pedestrian story that i'm just like i don't i don't care like right i think use a gangster like i i don't understand how you don't care about that song like i like i, I don't I'm, I'm trying to think about like like what angle i could take to view the song in a way that makes it not interesting and i can't find it so i like i said i appreciate the sentiment on the song i get it i just think that 
listening to him. I just think he sounds not good. Yeah. Doesn't mean that the story he's telling is bad. I don't think it's bad. Because like yeah. I said, I like the sentiment on the song. I just think he sounds not good. Yeah, I feel like between the way the hook is sung, uh, the subject matter, like even just from the salaciousness of the subject matter, right? Like yeah. we we talked about Bow Down from, from West Side Connection and you were like, uh, is is Mac Ten really a gangster? You know, and all this other stuff, right? Like it's like I'm not okay, sure that's what I said, but I did have some <laughs> like if if, if you want to have a conversation about like whether or not people are gangsters, etc. Like I think this song does a really good job of just translating how a lot of people feel, and I think I think the one thing that I really really love about Quick, and probably most people from California love about Quick, is like. When I say quick is the sound of the West Coast, when I say quick, quick is more the West Coast than like oh, what a Dre is, what I mean is that like, and you know, maybe people back me up on it, maybe they don't. Like, quick is the house party. Yeah, like when you're Dre is the lowrider musician, when, right? Maybe like when you're when you're growing up, right? Like, you have you have a group of friends, right? And yeah. and you know, when you're a kid, you're you're and you're coming of age, like. You want to go see the girls. You want to go to the house mm. party. Like the stuff that he's talking about is what life in California is about. The now the the gangster the gangster stuff is there, right? We have yeah. gangs, we have lowriders and palm trees and all this other shit, right? But like, if you have a friend that that's what they're focused on, like everybody has that one friend that's just like a super gangster, like. Oh, this guy, he bangs. That's what he's about. And so you know, you're at the house party, and he's like, "Yo, you see that the way that dude over there looked at me." Yo, I'm about to go, about to go run up on homie. Yo, I'm about to go, but it's like, yo, bro, like, why are you tripping? Like, relax. Right. Like, you don't want to be around that person. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's like a difference between the the vibe you want and the vibe that's like was like kind of cool at the time. Like, the cool vibe was like, oh yeah, gangster rap. We gonna slap these bitches. We gonna we gonna be in the lowrider. Cool. That was cool on records. But like, that wasn't really what people were on. Like, normal people were on. And I feel like yeah. like. Quick did like a really good job of just capturing like what normal people were on. Yeah. Um, and I think you really, really get that from this album. You get this vibe of like just, hey, what's up? Well, we just partying, we chilling, we hanging out. Like, and I think Quick does that better than anybody else does that. And then Use a Gangsta just explains it. Look, I will say that musically, um, so many ways is a song that has that song. been stuck in my head this it. past week. Yeah. But, and, and same thing with Use a Gangster. These are two melodies that have been kind of stuck in my head. Yeah. But nevertheless, if I'm going to like put this album on, I'm not going to go to those tracks. Does that make sense? Maybe. So it's like I applaud him for making records that I'm like, they, they stick with me, but I'm also not really feeling them as well. Mm -hmm. But like I said, that was my caveat. It's just not an album for me. I'm not critical yeah. of these songs. Yeah. They're not lowlights. They're not bad songs. Yeah. They're just... They're just not for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that part of that has to do with just how uninteresting he sounds mm. as a vocal talent. Yeah. Right. Like he just doesn't sound good in yeah. 1998. Now, like I said, though, in 1991 and 1992, he sounded just fine. I put those albums on and I was right. I was like, yo, like I fucks with this shit. here. <laughs> I fucks with it. Yeah. It's dope. Right. But just 1998, even though like the sound is good, I just it just didn't connect with me. Yeah. So, but but that's why I put those caveats in. I put the two caveats. One, I'm curious how I'd feel about this album if I listen to this as my introduction to Quick in 1998, mm -hmm. or how I would have felt about this album 
if I was well versed all along with Quick starting from 1991. I'm just curious mm. because I think that 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 matters. I think it would have changed my opinion, and mm -hmm. and I'm acknowledging that there's that part that's missing for me. And so yeah. I'm listening to this right now in 2021 okay. without having heard this then. And like that's just kind of my thoughts mm -hmm. now with 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 how my my ears and my taste have have evolved. That's um, but I but look. And, and I just have to say that because he mm -hmm. is a name that I have a great deal of respect for. Like, I know right. Quick. Yeah. I know that he is a hip-hop legend. Like, mm -hmm. I get it. Like, he he has nothing to prove to me. Yeah. Um. And I, it's, it's not it's not like Goody Mom, where, you know, I'm like, <laughs> nah, like, Cujo and Timo, like, they suck. Like, it's not yeah. like that. You know what I mean? I'm just like, look, I get it. I respect it. Mm -hmm. It's just, you're not really doing it for me on this project. Okay. But I know that you're like, you're still great. Does that Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Um, I think regional context also matters. I'm sure it does. Um, I'm know, sure it and does. I, and I think that, uh, and and maybe this is how how Panama felt on the when we were talking about Goody Mob. But uh, well, you know, no, but that that's a national hip hop classic. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I think it, I think it is like like people do think that that's a classic. But yeah, I, shout out to Nate Jeezy who thinks <laughs> that uh, everything I said was blasphemous on that record. <laughs> um, sure, sure. I'm sorry. I I don't know that I will be able to turn around on Timo and Kuja. I don't I don't nah. know. But but I think I don't think that you and I are disagreeing here when it comes to to DJ Quick as a rapper. Like I I, mm -hmm. I don't think that either of us will will say that he's a stellar rapper just in general or on this project particularly. Yeah. Uh but you know, I think you know, I I think I've told this story before, but I remember when I when I first got into hyphy music, right? Like I first okay. heard hyphy music and it was starting to blow up like in, you know, in 05. And I went, I went, you know, to my man Steve Dub's studio in Oakland for the first time. I went to East Oakland to record this EP. And I spent, you know, I spent a week or two weeks in in in, in Oakland and I really soaked up the 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 culture. And like yeah. after soaking up the culture, like I, I liked the music, but I didn't like it when no, I first I heard it. it. I was like, I, I, I was like, it. I don't like this. Like, but then when I when I was around it and I I, I saw all the influences and I saw like then I felt it. I understood it. And so maybe I also feel and understand, you know, like the whole vibe of what Quick was about because I was around it. Like I was forged in that. Look, um, you know, I got really into South African music around 2010 and I love it. Why? Because I was there for the World Cup and the drivers were playing nothing but house music. And I was, and then I would go out to a party and then I'd play house music. And I'm like, yo, I understand it. Like I get it now. Before that, I didn't really care. Now I'm yeah. like, yo, this shit is dope. Right. I understand. It makes it makes so know, context definitely matters. But yeah, but so. you know, I, I I will say, man, like like I think for this to be kind of my entry point to quick, if I'm really honest and I really think about it, like it was my entry point. I heard it, but again, I didn't buy it because of the cover. Mm. And I didn't come back to becoming like this diehard quick fan actually until Under the Influence, which was not the next album, but the album after that. Right, 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 right. When, and, and, you know, at this point in time, I'm coming back to Cali every summer. I'm coming back to Cali over the winter breaks. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm crashing with Ken. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging around. So I'm, I'm still in the mix. I'm still hearing all this stuff. But it wasn't until, you know, the early 2000s when, like, I become this diehard Quick fan and then I love everything that Quick's ever done. So okay. I will say that as well. All right. Well, I I don't have anything else to discuss with this album. What about you? 
I don't either, but I will say I think you should listen to Street Gospel. Um, you know, I think that Sugar Free, Sugar Free, man, Ooh, and and okay. maybe maybe it's right. it's it might be devoid of of um of context, but just uh, just the amount of personality that Sugar Free has and just the feeling and vibe on that album, bro. Like I don't even know what to tell you, man. You know what I'm saying? Okay, look, I like records with personality. Yeah, DJ, you know, like if you're not gonna have like li- like if you're not gonna have bars, mm. if you're not gonna have lyrical progress, at least have some personality. Facts. And and yeah. and the other recommendation that I have for you and folks that are listening, uh, around the time of uh, Under the Influence, DJ Quick dropped a um, a a DVD that was like an accompanying DVD to the album called Visualism. Okay, and um. That watching that DVD made me understand that DJ Quick is a genius. I will to this okay. very day, and probably to the day I die, say that DJ Quick is a genius. I think he's a genius. I think he's, I think he's wow. Um, and that that DVD just like hearing him explain, you know, his, the context of how he puts things together and who he works with and everything was super insightful for me. Um, I have that DVD. Obviously, we don't have DVDs anymore, but that DVD is available on YouTube. So if folks want to check it out, visualism, DJ Quick, fire. All right. Well, I think that should wrap it up for our put you up for uh, DJ Quick's rhythmalism. Yes, sir. And yeah, if you guys have any other things that you want us to listen to, uh, let us know. Peace. Peace. Yeah. Check it out. Money and pussy make the world go around. That's right. That's how it's been since the beginning of time. Now who says we can't be fly? Who say out the niggas can't get they skrilla at the same time get some fly? Well, uh, that's the subject of my conversation. Cause ain't nothing like getting a dollar and some penetration. Now that's a whole lot easier to understand nowadays. But uh, some of you players still be going out sideways. So uh, just take this game with a tic-tac. Cause if you was on skid row, you can get pussy faster than a Big Mac. I owe it to myself to be fly. That's what top dog taught a boy. Cause instead of mounds, these bitches always want I'm enjoy. Cause uh, sometimes they feel like a nut. But they rather have it more often than they don't. So I won't go flipping and making it topsy-turvy Now keep my hundred dollar bills crisp and that ass curvy Cause ain't nothing on my mind but to be fly through time Having a nest egg curry behind an estate, that's mine Watching Jordan go for 40 in a sucking tub Eating Cheetos, drinking Moe, getting a back scrub Because first you get the power, then you get the money Then you get the pussy, dude don't be no dummy, huh? Players get their paper when the game is tight And if you want some I wanna fly it up and hit it, pass it like dang, maybe all in my square, big boot long hair, fly Chinese and black for a Mac plus player, D baby, I'ma get you hot, wanna get you full blown, so we all can hit the spots, got game by the tons, looking for some second and none, kinda fun, but these hookers on the run, but cover, they looking for lovers, ain't no tricking young D, cause I'm unlike the others, not a buster, I'm on a mission for figures, time up for you diggers, pass the liquor, Hit a name, it gets some hotter. Spin a straggler on a wheel. Now they call me D the Potter. Lotta hating going on, but I ain't with it. I'm a mash on that drama every time that I feel it. Cause I'd rather have a major end than have sex. And when I have a million to splurge, you know what's next. But first, you get the power, then you get the money, then you get the pussy. Who don't be no dummy?
first comes the power, then the money. <laughs> and if you really just want it, then na 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 I understand that you think you've grown. Independent on your own with your jazzy ways. My intent is your late, but first I'm out to get paid, not played. Can't be your incredible, edible wake. I don't crack nor split my yoke with the female folk. Now, baby, break yourself. Get broke, you can choke off this young black better than Mary Jane in your brain. I'm guaranteed to have you thinking and feeling things. Like yourself, Noah. Watch your health if you feel like plotting. Your body turns rotten from the inside out. That pussy's turned out, getting hit by a sucker. For two minutes, brother. Whose first 10 seconds is thinking he came up. That next full minute, sucking your drama up. 50 seconds to go. See, half of that is the show. Now, what the other half, you can't laugh. Cause you know it's straight sipping and whining. Instead of pipping and grinding, KK, I'll let you know. Now, pay attention, bro. See, first you get the power. Then you get the money. 